Welcome to Productive Flow, where we answer the eternal question, why can't I get myself to do the things I know I should be doing? If you want natural productive flow and higher levels of success without all that struggle and self-judgment, this podcast is for you. Now, let's jump in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Productive Flow. And today we are going to be talking about feng shui. And I'm really excited about our guest today because I just recently was listening to a webinar that she had about uh, really popular things that are in your house today that are really popular in real estate and, and real estate trends and design today that are actually really bad feng shui. And it was such an interesting webinar. And if you guys have listened to me for any length of time, you know, webinars are not my favorite thing. And uh, so I actually like registered, actually attended and actually like stayed for the whole thing. It was very excited for everything that I learned. So Moni Castaneda is here with us from Feng Shui for Us. Thank you so much for being here today, Moni, and um, welcome to Productive Flow. Thank you so much for having me over. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be a really exciting conversation. So, um, Moni, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in feng shui? And I know you have an interesting background. Um, you had talked about architecture and, and things like that as well. So tell us a little bit about that and what led you into um, feng shui. Yes. So when I was uh, um, very young, you know, I can see when I look on hindsight, I can see there was a strong interest in space from when I was a child. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, it never occurred to me when I was in high school and I was thinking about what I'm going to study. It never occurred to me that I was going to study architecture. But mm-hmm. one morning I woke up and there was this loving, silent voice in my head saying, go register to the School of Architecture. And uh, I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just I went and did it because it was mm-hmm. so strong I couldn't stop it. Yeah. And so I, I guess that was the beginning of me feeling guided on a path, right? And so I in in uh, Ecuador, architecture is a six and a half year career. And I took a little longer because I was working, paying my way through school and all that. Mm-hmm. And then, then I met my husband and I moved to the United States. And uh, I graduated one month. And the next month I was in the United States mm-hmm. uh, to find out that my degree was not going to be recognized in this country. That's and so awful. So when you have spent so many years, right? So many yeah. years uh, devoted to something and so many sleepless nights and mm-hmm. so much effort. It's, it's such a grueling profession to study. Mm-hmm. And I had heard this clear voice telling me, you know, go register for the School of Architecture. And I thought, what kind of cosmic joke is this, right? That you uh, yeah. all these years and then you are in a place where you can't even use it. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, telling this to a friend and she mentioned uh, feng shui to me for the first time. And uh, and I became interested. And then over the years, I can see that I needed to go through the study of architecture so that I could understand feng shui and interpret it for the Western world in a way that makes sense. Because I'm not the only person that has had this idea of uh, interpreting feng shui to our Western uh, culture. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, a lot of what people have done doesn't result in dream homes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anybody listening here has uh, tried feng shui or has, um, has implemented any advice from feng shui. But what I found when I first started looking into feng shui is that a lot of people who said, I have feng shui in my home, their home looked really strange. It actually mm-hmm. looked bizarre. You know, mm-hmm. when people came to visit them, they would be like, huh? You know, mm-hmm. that? instead of going, wow, this is an amazing space. Yeah. And I think that something had to be lost in translation. Because mm-hmm. when you look at spaces in East Asia, Mm-hmm. In, in the ancient times and uh, today, when you look at those spaces, they're just so beautiful and so mm-hmm. harmonious and so peaceful. And then when the when feng shui is brought to the United States and to Europe, the results are really strange. So I, I knew something had been lost in translation. Yeah, I made it my mission to figure that out. I think that's awesome. So now since then, you've because I remember you saying this on the on the webinar, you've written books on this. Yes, I have written nine textbooks on okay, since then. Yeah. Um, um, when I was going through a school of architecture, the way mm-hmm. I got myself through school was working as a graphic designer, right? Mm-hmm. 
and also setting up booths and things. And so it's it's interesting to see all the things that you have done, how they come together, right? Because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. when I first started exploring feng shui, I was confused. Mm-hmm. And I got a, a really good book. And uh, then I, I learned everything I could learn from that one author. And then mm-hmm. I tried to learn from other authors. And it was all different and contradictory. Mm-hmm. It just didn't make any sense. So what I wanted to do was... Um, clear it up for myself in the beginning. And I am a very graphic person. The way mm-hmm. I think is the graphics. Yeah. So I started making all these charts and flow charts, trying to make a sense of feng shui. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the beginning of me writing books, mm-hmm. <laughs> just trying to understand things for myself. Yeah. And uh, then I came back in touch uh, with someone I had met years before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was interested in feng shui. And this friend of mine, she had gotten certified as um, an acupuncturist, mm-hmm. you know, she had studied with a really ancient school of uh, a very secretive school of ancient East Asia and uh, mm-hmm. healing. And uh, we started talking and comparing notes. And I saw there were so many similarities. And she said, well, yes, you know, feng shui and acupuncture, they come from the same source, mm-hmm. which is uh, ancient East Asian philosophy. Mm-hmm. So and I was like fascinated by looking at this and uh, I saw that there were so many contradictions in feng shui, not everything could be true, right? Mm-hmm. When when yeah. one teacher is telling you one thing and the other teacher is telling you exactly the opposite thing, they can mm-hmm. both be true. So I started a process of decoding feng shui based on the principles that are used in acupuncture. So she gave me like a wow. crash course on the ancient East Asian medicine. Yeah. And I started using that as my reference. So if something works for the body, yeah. then it should work for the home. And that's yeah. how the method I practice came about, which is called the Nine Steps to Feng Shui System, which is rooted in the principles of ancient East Asian uh, philosophy and medicine. Yeah. And then, so I, I had a, a framework, right? Yeah. But because I grew up, you know, I grew up in Ecuador, which is in mm-hmm. South America, mm-hmm. and I learned to test everything and believe nothing just on mm-hmm. site because... When I say I grew up in Ecuador, people say, mm-hmm. oh, the equator, right? So that must have been really hot. But no, I actually live, uh, grew up in a city yeah. that had fall-like weather all year mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Because it's in the Andes Mountains. Yeah, you're up And so when you're so high up, the city where I uh, grew up, it was over 9,000 feet mm-hmm. above sea level. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything changes. And mm-hmm. so when you look at a science book, and you're trying to do an experiment for school, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. You follow the instructions and it doesn't work. And you're trying to cook something as simple as pasta. Mm-hmm. The instructions on the box don't work. So people yeah. here believe in elevation. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they have the instructions, one for sea level mm-hmm. and one for high altitude. Yeah. But we didn't have that. You know, all the instructions in books, in boxes, mm-hmm. uh, everything was set up mm-hmm. for sea level. And so yeah. I grew up with this really strong skepticism mm-hmm. and I wanted to try and test everything. So when I came up with my framework, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is looking good, but now we're going to test it. And I was so fortunate. I had so many people helping me out. I had a group of volunteers in Australia, yeah, one in Uruguay, uh-huh. um, one in the United States and one mm-hmm. in Ecuador. Okay. And so everything was tested uh-huh. to make sure that it worked. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love how you, you were talking about bringing in these different pieces and not just because you had mentioned before about, you know, how the things that you do in your life and your experiences and they, they all come together. And then you also talked about integrating, you know, acupuncture and sort of how things are addressed in the body and then taking that over to feng shui and how things are addressed in the home. And it's interesting because it's a lot of the same type of thing that I did with productivity, where everybody addressed productivity from this um, space of, well, here's what you do. You just do these things and that's it. But nobody was addressing what's happening in our body when we're not being productive, right? And so it was bringing in health and wellness and and energetics and things into the whole process to understand that there's a framework for creating productivity. And if you're not productive, then there's a reason why. And it's all these other things that aren't being addressed. So it sounds like you've done the same thing with, with feng shui. Yes. Yeah. There's a, uh, so in ancient East Asian philosophy, mm-hmm. 
there's this belief that reality has three levels of existence, mm-hmm. right? And so there's the thought level that's called heaven, mm-hmm. thoughts, ideas, imaginations. There's uh, the physical level, which is the earth level, but it's not a physical static uh, state. It's action in the physical universe. And then there's humankind, which has to do with emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And so whenever you're confronting any difficulty or any project that you want to accomplish, you have to look at the three levels of reality. You mm-hmm. have to look at the ideas, you have to look at the emotions, and you have to look at the actions that you have to take. Mm-hmm. And so we call it um, actually the reality triangle, right? Mm-hmm. Where each of the sides, it has to go, you know, one with emotions, one with ideas, and one mm-hmm. with actions. And so you can't ever uh, be successful in anything unless you're considering the three. And yeah. in the human body, it's really interesting because in uh, in acupuncture, they recognize three centers of uh, energy, mm-hmm. one around the head, one around the heart, and one in the gut. Mm-hmm. And these um, three centers of energy, we know now that they all have neurons. Mm-hmm. We know that the heart has neurons and the gut has neurons. So this mm-hmm. is real. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just a concept. It's real. Yeah. And you have to consider these uh, three centers of energy in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. So tell me about um, how we can use feng shui to be more productive in our space. So that's one thing that I haven't addressed from our productivity perspective is uh-huh. I, I talk about our environment quite a bit as far as like clearing out clutter and, yes. you know, making sure it's an environment that feels good to you. But I don't go through any sort of feng shui principles. And honestly, I'm not I'm not that familiar with them. So I would love for you to talk about how we can use certain feng shui principles to encourage productivity in our in our our environment. Well, there are nine vices of behavior mm-hmm. that everybody has. And uh, in ancient East Asian uh, medicine, there's uh, nine steps that you need to take in order to uh, to overcome them, mm-hmm. in order to become the person you were meant to be, mm-hmm. in order to be who you were authentically meant to be. Mm-hmm. And so these are uh, a tendency to make excuses mm-hmm. instead of making plans. Then there is the uh, the addiction to living in drama, to having mm. to, have to go through drama to feel that you're alive. The other one is the acceptance of fatigue. Mm-hmm. Number four is a rebelliousness mm-hmm. in not wanting to be at the right space at the right time. Mm-hmm. Number five is thriving in conflict. Mm-hmm. instead of thriving in peace, in harmony. Mm-hmm. Number six is telling ourselves stories that self-sabotage our plans. Mm-hmm. Number seven is not wanting to deal with history mm-hmm. with, that uh, affects our own healing. Mm-hmm. Number eight is setting goals that are given to you by others or by mm-hmm. society instead of the goals Yourself. that were given to you by heaven mm-hmm. before you were born. And number nine is uh, being meek. Mm-hmm. Instead of uh, taking on the power that you have, right? Yeah. And I am sure, as a productivity expert, that you can see um, these uh, vices oh, <laughs> that yeah. I mentioned. Uh, yeah. Every person has some degree of that, mm-hmm. and the the happiness and the productivity of the person is dependent on how they handle these issues mm-hmm. and how they overcome them. And so, in the feng shui, in the nice to feng shui system. Mm-hmm. Every one of the steps that we take in the home is designed to help the person overcome or transform or transmute themselves in those aspects mm-hmm. because we want you to, one, live a life of strategy. Mm-hmm. Number two, live a balanced life instead of a life of drama. We want mm-hmm. you to have plenty of vitality from the moment you wake up in the morning. We want you to be luckier, and luck is about being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. We want you to have harmonious relationships with others and also inside yourself. Mm-hmm. We want your home. You know, the Chinese have a saying that goes like this. All the things in your home are talking to you. Mm-hmm. Make sure they have nice things to say. So we want to make sure that you're receiving proper feedback. Yeah. We want you to live a life of passionate simplicity. Mm. And that is where clutter comes around. You see, I don't see clutter as a problem of having too much stuff. Mm-hmm. Clutter is a problem of not having enough beauty. Mm. Because people do not organize things that are not pretty. 
And that is true for all genders and all ages. Mm-hmm. And we want you to set goals and to use your home to set up the goals that you need to set up that are healthy for you and that are in alignment with your life missions or what you came to do. Your life missions are the things that you agreed to live, experience, mm-hmm. and do before you came into this lifetime. Sure. According to feng shui. Mm-hmm. And then we want you to be empowered and we want you to live the life that you were meant to live, right? So this mm-hmm. is more of a conceptual thing that I have gone through. Mm-hmm. So we go through those nine steps. But in more practical terms, if you cannot concentrate, you're not going to be productive, right? Mm-hmm. And so your space needs to be organized in a way that minimizes distractions. Mm-hmm. And you also need to have your space organized so that you don't waste time looking for things. Yeah. I have seen people take 20 minutes trying to find a pen. Yeah. 20 minutes, mm-hmm. you know. In a home that is organized, like if I need a pen right now, it's yeah. going to take me a fraction of a second to reach for it. Yeah, I know where things are. Mm-hmm. But I have seen so many people, you know, they can't find a pen anywhere. Mm-hmm. Then they, they find some pens in a drawer and the, they're dry. Yeah, they don't <laughs> write anymore. And you know what? <laughs> when they find out that those pens are they dry, back. they throw them back to the door. <laughs> Instead of throwing them out, right? And that's what a life of um, not being productive starts. And so also to be productive, you need to have energy Mm -hmm. and you need to be in in alignment with uh, luck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We talk a lot about luck because the same kind of effort done at different times on different days is going to have different results. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so knowing when to act, when not to act, when to delay action and what the right perfect action to take at any given moment Mm-hmm. It's going to uh, be um, the catalyst, catalyst of a life where you are happy and productive and have plenty of time to enjoy. Some yeah. people think that if um, if they embark on a productivity journey, mm-hmm. fun is going to be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not going to be able to have a good time anymore. It's actually yeah. the opposite. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I, that's I always talking about how little I work. And it's because it's, it's so important to me to create a lifestyle that I enjoy and that the work that I do is just an extension of that lifestyle, but that it's, it's, there's so many other things that I want to enjoy and do and, and partake in and have in my life experience. And I'm able to bring those things in because I've, I've structured a, a work schedule for myself that doesn't drain me. It fulfills me and it doesn't drain me because there's so much of the peace and balance and enjoyment and fun and laughter and connection and all of that. Those other pieces in my life that help balance it all out, you know? And I uh, I use an affirmation with my students and clients Mm -hmm. that goes uh, like this. My creator, you can change uh, the word to God, universe, Mm -hmm. life, source, whatever you Mm want to use, has designed the perfect occupation for me. Mm-hmm. It feels good to my body. It yes. makes me happy and it's a joy to perform. Exactly. And uh, so uh, speaking about affirmations, right? I know a lot of people today are working with affirmations, mm-hmm. but you cannot compete with what your home is saying. Mm. So for example, if you're using an affirmation that says, I am safe, I am happy, and I'm productive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are things in your home that make you feel unsafe. The yeah. feedback you get from your home is a lot more powerful than the affirmations you are repeating to yourself. And there's, yeah. a, there's a number of things, as you saw in the webinar that you mentioned, yeah. like if your staircases aren't safe, you can be repeating that affirmation 24 hours a day, even in your sleep, and yeah. you are not going to believe it because your space feels unsafe. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and you'd mentioned other things about like the um, sharp glass corners in like the showers and things like that, that, you know, if there are things in your home that make you on a subconscious level feel unsafe, and that's different from saying, well, I walk up and down these stairs all the time and I'm fine. But if you have that open staircase and there's, there's no railing or something like that, then inherently your subconscious is going to say, well, this is not safe. And then you're going to feel unsafe. And so that was one of the big things that I took away from your webinar was 
just these different things. I mean, one thing you talked about was having a, a you know, like a two-story living room. Yeah. And I forget what you said about that, but there was something about dead space up there. Um, yes. Yeah, and, so, and, and this is not, um, so I'm not knocking down high ceilings per mm-hmm. se. Um, because some areas, you know, like you have a salon where you're mm-hmm. going to have a wedding, the ceiling needs to be mm-hmm. uh, higher than usual. It's going to feel oppressive. What I'm talking about is a, uh, regular homes mm-hmm. where you have a double height living room or a double height foyer that loses the human scale and it makes people feel small yeah. right mm-hmm. and then you also you can't reach like you have windows you can never clean mm-hmm. you have light fixtures that you can't reach in many cases mm-hmm. and, uh, and actually in a lot of newer homes they put shelves around mm-hmm. these really high ceilings so mm-hmm. you can put decorations on them. Yeah. Those are decorations that are never going to get dusted. Never. Yeah, never. And never. you talked about too about the the draperies and how those yeah. they're going to be dusty and never get cleaned and and things exactly. like that and yeah, and it it does it it does affect. And it's interesting um like this living room I'm in right now is a two-story living room and we specifically don't have draperies on the upper windows. There's nothing up there. And we have one ceiling fan that my husband has to get on a ladder to clean, which we do because when you're coming down the stairs, you can see it. Exactly, <laughs> right? In a way that you can see the dust. Yes. You can't do anything about it unless you yeah. put yourself in, in some kind of danger, right? Yes, exactly. So when you have a, a living room with double height ceilings, you're mm. often going to feel small. Mm. You're going to feel impotence. You're going to mm. feel like you can't reach for things mm. because you literally mm-hmm. can't reach for things. Yeah. And when, you have, when you have windows with no window treatments, mm-hmm. at night, you have these large rectangles of mm-hmm. black. Yes. And mm-hmm. black brings in the water element mm-hmm. in feng shui, which too much black is actually harmful to people. Mm-hmm. And so it's not convenient, right? Because it's uh, it's giving you bad feedback. Nobody would go to a gallery, to an art gallery, mm-hmm. and buy six large paintings that are all black. Yeah, no. thinking that's what I'm going to put in my home. It's going to look great, but that's mm-hmm. what you do to your home when you don't have window treatments. Yeah, and and so you end up with these large surfaces of black at night. Yeah. and in during the day it may be gorgeous because yeah. you may have a beautiful view. You get to uh-huh. see the sky. But at night, and in feng shui, we say that's when the life force escapes. Yeah. So in homes that you don't have curtains or window treatments, when you have this uh, super high ceilings, mm-hmm. you're often going to see a tendency to be fatigued. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting too, as you're talking about this, that if you're sitting in a room and working mm-hmm. with a double high ceiling, and you're, that is creating a feeling of, of smallness and impotence and an inability to reach for things then how easy is it going to be to achieve your goals in your work if you're working in a space that creates that feeling? Exactly, because our our homes mirror how we see life. Mm-hmm. So we affect our homes. Yeah. The homes have an effect on us too. Sure. And uh, another one that, that comes to my mind, you know, one is the feeling, small feeling that you can't reach for things. Mm-hmm. And uh, most uh, people that I have worked with, when they have these uh, living rooms with our high ceilings, they don't use them very often. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one that comes to mind is when you have a really long hallway, mm-hmm. right? And most people put a mirror on the wall at the end of the hallway, effectively turning that hallway into something that is twice as long. Yeah. And then, so you start feeling that everything in your life takes too long mm-hmm. because it takes you, it feels like it takes you too long just to reach the bedroom at the end of the hallway, right? Yeah. And so how these spaces affect us has um, a result, it results in us um, acquiring certain beliefs about life and acting in a certain way regarding to life. Yeah. Nobody is immune to their space. Mm-hmm. And so some people say, well, my home is really cluttered, but that's how I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, or some people say, I'm just used to it. Mm-hmm. You don't get used to bad feng shui. You become numb to bad feng shui. Yeah. And that's numbness is the opposite of life. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the opposite of what you want to create for sure. Yeah. But there are solutions, right? There are solutions yeah. that you can do in mm-hmm. a living room with a double high mm-hmm. ceiling to create a human scale. Mm-hmm. There are things that you can do to prevent the, the chi, the life force from escaping. Mm-hmm. Every time that feng shui indicates there's a problem, there's also a solution. So what would you do in that, in that case with a, with a double high ceiling? And so you kind of have to, um, split up the different elements of what's mm-hmm. happening, right? And so for you to overcome the feeling that you can't reach for things, mm-hmm. you might do things like lowering light fixtures mm-hmm. or um, using remote controls mm-hmm. to operate them and also to be able to clean them easier, right? Yeah. Uh, Another thing that you could do for the fan that you were mm-hmm. talking about, you can see the dust, you can see mm-hmm. you can get a ladder. There's actually extensions mm-hmm. that are designed for just this purpose of cleaning fans that are mm-hmm. too high in the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the practical part, you know, the mm-hmm. not being able to reach, you would address like that. And then there's the loss of the human scale because mm-hmm. it makes you feel small. So what you do is you increase the amount of rich colors, mm-hmm. the lower part of the of the area of the room and you um put more ethereal artwork at the top okay so it creates more of a feeling of earth and sky yes exactly and okay so you also since you mentioned mm-hmm. that you also um create a horizon line at mm-hmm. about eight feet mm-hmm. right you create a horizon line uh, and you can do this and by hanging artwork Mm-hmm. Where the top is at that height, you can yeah. use that with crown. Do that with crown molding. There's a lot yeah. of different ways to do that. Yeah. And so then you also um chi follows attention. Uh-huh. And when uh, you are looking at a living room or a family room or a great room, and you have windows at the top that have no kind of window treatments, and yeah. um, of course you can go the more expensive route, which is mm-hmm. you can get window treatments that you can control with remote mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that is not an option, then you make sure the attention doesn't go there by having uh, art with bright colors around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and of course, you have to do it in a case by case basis. Oh, yeah. Look at the yeah. home, you have to look at their colors, you have to look at what the people like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's the totally common mistake sense. that people make is that they put like art that is really bright mm-hmm. with, and really bold with large images on the higher part of the walls Mm. that calls attention to that part and so that makes you feel even smaller yeah yeah no i i I love that that just makes total sense want to learn more about productive flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey then go join our free facebook group at productiveflowgroup.com it's free and you'll also get access to special content and resources see you inside the group Now, I know that we're going to get a lot of questions, um, and I'm sure you do too, about the people here about like floor plans and footprints and where this corner is versus that corner around feng shui. And everybody is like, well, what is, where's my wealth corner? And what does that look like? Because everybody wants to make more money, right? So, yeah. and then um, that we all hear um, in entrepreneurial world and real estate and things like this that... Um, somebody saying, well, you know, I found out that my wealth corner was where I kept my garbage can. And so I had to redo all of that. Yeah. You know? So what are, what are you supposed to do in a wealth corner? What is a wealth corner? What are you supposed to do with that? So there's this tool in Feng Shui that is called the Bagua map mm-hmm. that you align the bottom of the Bagua map with the, the wall that contains the main door to your home mm-hmm. or with the front wall. Mm-hmm. If your front door is rece- recessed, mm-hmm. and so that subdivides your home in nine squares or nine rectangles, mm-hmm. and uh, they are assigned certain life areas, right? So mm-hmm. at the back, from left to right, when you're looking at the home from across the street, mm-hmm. you have wealth, fame and reputation, and relationships. Mm-hmm. In the middle, you have health, good fortune and luck. I mean, mm-hmm. good fortune, luck, and gratitude. And then you have um, children and creativity. Mm-hmm. And then at the front, you have wisdom, self-knowledge, you have career in the middle, and then you have helpful people and travel. 
Mm-hmm. And when you um, apply the Bagua map, people sometimes, they make a connection, right? They say, oh, we have a bathroom in the relationship corner. Mm-hmm. No wonder I feel like our marriage is going down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. And some people say, hey, I don't even have a wealth corner. Mm-hmm. You know, my home is irregular and, and that's outside the home. No wonder since we moved to this house, it it seems that we just spend, 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 and we can, mm-hmm. don't get to keep any money at the end of mm-hmm. the month. And uh, so we have solutions for that. What mm-hmm. are calling feng shui, feng shui cures. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if your wealth corner is missing, for example, we're going to do things to make it seem to your unconscious mind like it's not missing. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And uh, as to your specific question, it's really good to have a kitchen in the wealth corner. It's good mm-hmm. to have a dining room. It's not good to have a master bedroom. It's not good to have a bathroom or a staircase mm-hmm. or a laundry room. Um, family room, living room is great. And so you look at um, at the compatibilities between the life areas and the spots in the Bagua map, mm-hmm. but that is not the most important thing in feng shui. Mm-hmm. That is what people, okay. when they become introduced to feng mm-hmm. shui, they become obsessed mm-hmm. with the Bagua map and your life areas. And so yeah. one of the questions I'm asked most commonly, mm-hmm. they ask me, which wa, Bagua means eight trigrams, and why mm-hmm. is it a trigram and or a life area, right? Mm-hmm. In this case, the, the symbol that represents that life area. And so they asked me, what, what do I need to focus on because my health is suffering? Mm-hmm. And uh, they say, oh, you know, I would like to travel more. So what, mm-hmm. what do I need to work on? Mm-hmm. And that is a very simplistic way to look at feng shui that mm-hmm. only gets you temporary results. Mm-hmm. And so you might say, oh, I need more wealth. So I'm going to put a cure for wealth in my wealth corner. Mm-hmm. And you might get a windfall, but mm-hmm. you don't get uh, the balanced life that is going to increase your productivity, yeah. mm-hmm. that is going to translate on ever in, to mm-hmm. ever increasing wealth. Sure. Right? Another person might say, I'm going to put these two hearts in my relationship corner, and they find a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But the rest of their life is still not balanced. And yeah. so they might lose a great relationship because they don't know who they are. Yeah, and not be able to. They might be able to attract that ideal man, but they may not be able to sustain a relationship with that ideal man. Mm-hmm. And so, it is more important for your wealth, for example, mm-hmm. to make sure that enough life force is coming to your home mm-hmm. than what it is you have in the wealth corner. Mm-hmm. But that's that what sense. fascinates people. You know, people yeah. just they just want to do. Some people tell me, I have shown my whole home. And all yeah. they've done is that they have applied the Baba map to their home and they have placed trinkets in each of the corners and the yeah. midpoints. And that is not enough. That is, it is important to enhance the life areas to make sure that you have goals that are in alignment with who you want to be. Yeah. But it's not the most important thing about feng shui. So in the nine steps to feng shui system, that's mm-hmm. step eight. I think that that's really interesting. And I bet that that may be where some of this stuff has been lost in translation and why in the Western civilization over here that we end up with our feng shui homes looking odd because it's you're kind of doing the, the simplistic layer, but you're not putting it all together into balance. Um, yeah. you're not applying all, all aspects of feng shui. You're just applying this, the Bagua map and what solutions and, and then that's it. Does sure. that make sense? Then, yeah, of course. Okay. And then there's the cultural dissonance. So I had a client mm-hmm. that was a, um, a star hairdresser. Mm-hmm. She had worked for Estelle Lauder, traveled with them for many years, and she mm-hmm. had opened an upscale salon. Mm-hmm. And she became interested in feng shui. So she would go to a store. There was a feng shui mm-hmm. store in town. So she would go and buy this for this spot, buy this other thing mm-hmm. for that spot. And she has started doing this in the early spring. And now mm-hmm. it was the fall. And mm-hmm. the time had just changed. Mm-hmm. And uh, when she, one day she went into her um, salon while it was still dark. Mm-hmm. And she turned on the light and she, she said, I thought I had just walked into a Chinese nail shop. Mm. I did not even recognize my space. Yeah. And the problem here is not that the uh, Chinese nail shop doesn't look good mm-hmm. for their decorating style and for mm-hmm. what they're offering. When you go to a Chinese nail uh, tech shop, 
you want it to look Chinese, mm -hmm. right? Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. When you go to a Chinese restaurant, you expect a certain kind of decoration. Mm -hmm. But sure. if you're trying to be successful with an upscale salon in an expensive mm -hmm. part of town, that's not what you want your salon to look like, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. And so it's important to apply the feng shui cures that are going to go with our Western culture, but also with your personal decorating style. Mm. A lot of my clients don't have a style when we start working together, but mm -hmm. they develop a sense of taste. Yeah. It's, it's really, um, it's really surprising to me to see how many women don't know what they like. Yeah. You know? No, I totally get that because I've definitely yeah. been, I'm definitely like that. And, you know, I think it's because I've not, you know, I've never really put a lot of, focus on that particular area where, um, you know, there are certain things I'm like, Oh, I like this or, Oh, I like that. And I'll grab it because it, it's calling to me in some way, shape or form, but not really putting anything together and saying, Oh, this is my style. Yeah. And the earliest experience I've really had with doing anything like that was just uh, a couple of years ago when we were redoing the brand for my company. Yeah. And, and it was all of a sudden, it was really looking at my brand colors and what they represented and what they meant and the psychology behind them. And then realizing, oh, like these things need to go together. I didn't know that, you know, it was just, I never really thought about that. You know, you go to the hair salon to get a haircut and they're like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know. Just leave it kind of long. Okay. <laughs> I just never put much thought. You don't know what you want. Right? Yes, in that perspective, for sure. Yeah. The beauty with feng shui is that you can know if things are going to look good before you spend any money or effort yeah. into mm -hmm. it. But you got to learn. So you have to reconcile two things in feng shui. What is good for the room mm -hmm. and for the life area and also what you like. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So sometimes people, they're a little bit hesitant mm -hmm. to work with a feng shui consultant. Mm -hmm. because they are afraid that they're going to push their ideas on them yeah. and they're going to push them to do things that they don't actually like. Mm -hmm. But I'm not like that. You know, I actually work first understanding the style of the client or helping them develop a client, um, mm -hmm. a taste, you know, helping mm -hmm. the client develop a taste so that they can first know what they like. Yeah. And then from the range of things they like, we look for things that are appropriate for the different rooms because every room in the home has a different mood, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You don't want the same kind of energy in the bedroom that you have in your family room. Yeah. You don't want the same energy in your children's bedroom that you want in the dining room. Every yeah. room has its own mood. Yeah. And that means there's a certain, certain types of textures, colors, combinations, and all that, that favor one room and not another. But yeah. you have to reconcile those two things, the things that you really love and the things that, uh, that are going to be good for the space. So I actually have methods mm -hmm. I, which help the people figure out what colors do they actually like. For example, do they like strong colors or muted colors? Mm -hmm. Do they favor warm colors or uh, cold colors? Mm -hmm. And in terms of textures, do they want rough textures or smooth textures? In, in mm -hmm. terms of sheen, do they want fabrics that are matte or uh, fabrics that are shiny? Mm -hmm. And many times they end up surprised Mm -hmm. To find out what they really like yeah. is very different from what they have been trying to do at home. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. Yeah. And I, so I will say that you have put together a really amazing program. And I, when I was looking at all of the stuff as you were finishing up your webinar and you were talking about your program and inviting people to join you. And I, uh, I was looking at, I was going, wow, this is really interesting. Because you cover so much content that I never would have thought was covered with my limited understanding of feng shui. And then at the same time, I thought it when you discussed all of it and you were talking about everything and then you were talking about all the bonuses and everything that came with it. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be really, really expensive. And then I was surprised that it wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like this is something that's really sustainable long term. And just from a pricing perspective, but yeah. allows you to really go through your home and, and start really deep diving into these things about what you actually like, what actually is your style 
And then how to go through and create that energy that you really want in each room. And it just, it seems like that's such a, a wonderful experience to have because, and the whole factor of your, your whole process and topic of your, your webinar was about dream homes, you know, and, and having your dream home. And I know that, um, when we bought our last house in Florida, because we, we moved to Georgia and sold our house and then we've been waiting out the whole pandemic thing. We moved here like two months later, the whole country or the whole world really shut down, you know? And so, um, but before then, when we found that house, it absolutely was our dream house. And there were details in that home that to me felt so cozy. And that was the thing about the house was it was so cozy and it didn't have a lot of popular real estate trends in the house, but I loved it. There were beams in the ceiling in the kitchen and wooden pocket doors and the ceilings weren't, you know, really high. And it had like just awesome details to it that made it feel cozy. And I just loved that. And so I learned a lot um, through your webinar and also through your email series that you had stacked with it. Visualizing um, the dream home. Exactly. Exactly. And so it made me realize that, oh, wow, we really did have our dream home. That's really awesome. Um, And then that helps us also in understanding what we want this next time as we, you know, as we look, once the market comes down a little bit more, I see it. (laughs) I'm waiting for it. I've been in real estate for almost 30 years. I know it's coming. And um, I have seen the signs. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I just, I really appreciate all of the help and everything that um, you've offered in that direction. Um, And I would highly recommend to anyone listening to this to please go to Moni's website, check out her program specifically. What, What was the name of the program? It's the Dream Home Lab. Dream Home Lab. Yeah, it's amazing. And it it doesn't have to be, you know, looking for a new house. It can be making the home that you have your dream home. And that was one of the messages that I picked up from your webinar as well, is that you can make the home that you have your dream home and that there are certain ways to do that. And you cover that in your, in your program. So. Yeah. A lot of people, they put an image on their vision board of the mansion they think is their dream while they neglect the home they live in today, right? So my Uh promise to my clients and my students is that they will end up with a dream home where they can be happy with the people they love and they're going to be empowered to live their lives because they have control of their home. So that's super important. And a dream home is not made in a day, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it takes time finding mm-hmm. the perfect colors, the perfect lamps, rugs, curtains, whatever mm-hmm. it is, takes time. Mm-hmm. And so that's why my program is a monthly program and it's uh, very affordable mm-hmm. because I want people to stay there for a long time mm-hmm. so that they can make the changes with proper feedback mm-hmm. and so that they don't make mistakes. You know, when you mm-hmm. make mistakes in interior design, you can end up spending a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of effort. But if the mistake involves bad feng shui, if you're creating bad feng shui with your mistake, Mm -hmm. you can also be ruining the luck of your home. Yeah, That's not going to be good for the occupants of that Mm -hmm. home, right? And so one important thing to remember about interior designers, right? And this doesn't apply to your regular neighborhood interior designer, but the top designers, the ones Mm -hmm. that you see showcased in magazines and TV shows, Mm -hmm. they have a reputation to maintain as being trendy. Mm-hmm. And so much of what they do in these really large homes has shock value. They're sure. doing things because they're going to impress, they're going to call attention, and, and they want to be called bold and daring and things mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so the things that a top designer would come up with for a home are not necessarily the homes, um, the things that are going to make you happy at home. Sure. So, and, and as I said, you know, that's the top designers. Your regular mm-hmm. uh, designers are going to be more focused on making sure the client is happy with the choices, right? But even if you have a designer, it's a good idea to have feng shui feedback so that Mm you can make sure that you're not doing things wrong. For example, one thing that has become really, really popular is uh, mirror mosaics. Mm -hmm. 
right? And that's a really bad feng shui. <laughs> you could do. That's one of the worst things you could do is get a mirror mm-hmm. mosaic uh, for your home. And they do look beautiful. And that's the reason I had done the webinar. You know, these are trends that look fantastic, but they create that feng shui and yeah. they create that luck as a consequence of the bad yeah. So it's important to learn about these things so you don't make these mistakes. Many things that look good are not good for you, just like many things that taste great are not good for your yeah, health, right? That's right. Yeah. So that's why I think that, you know, having a program like this available is it, it's just makes so much sense to be part of because it enables you to do these things one step at a time. Because just, I mean, just everything that you say about feng shui, it, when you get it all at once, it feels like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. My whole house is a mess. It's all wrong. I have to fix everything. And then you feel like, like, oh, I don't even know how to get started. And a program like this allows you to take it slow, take one thing at a time, one room at a time and exactly. make the adjustments and That's end so, up with that dream space. Yeah. That's how the dream home lab was created by focusing on uh, one room. So the, the first uh, two years I created it during COVID mm-hmm. in 2020, in, in the middle of COVID, uh, of the COVID, I guess of the lockdowns in the middle of the mm-hmm. lockdowns. Right. And, uh, over two years, I have been recording these lessons for every room in the home, but now it's mm-hmm. all recorded. Yeah. So if you join the lab, you can just go to whatever is your focus, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to redo your master bedroom, you go to the lessons on master bedrooms. Mm-hmm. And one thing that people love is that we do critiques every mm-hmm. Thursday. We do critiques and people submit photos of the different rooms in their homes and I give them my feedback. And so it's like, you know, in those AGTV shows, where you see what the home is like and then you see mm-hmm. the vision of the designer and they draw on top of it. I do those kinds mm-hmm. of things, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's like having, like being in a home TV, yeah. home and garden TV show. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that is really cool is people love looking at other people's homes. Mm-hmm. And so in the lessons for the first two years, because we focus on just one room uh, every mm-hmm. month, we have uh, the critiques recorded so you can see, mm-hmm. you can watch the lesson, what I'm recommending you do. And then you can watch me give advice to all the people who submitted photos about that room. And so mm-hmm. half the learning is the lesson and half the learning is through the experience of others. Yeah. The, the feedback I get from people is they just love to watch those videos. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. People enjoy the critiques and learn more from the critiques than from the yeah. lessons. So that's the super important to have guidance when you do mm-hmm. feng shui because there's so much chance for mistakes and there's a yeah. lot of bad feng shui information out there. So to have that guidance, to work on your home in community because that's mm-hmm. what's going to give you the accountability and the motivation, yeah. right? If yeah. you're not in a community, it's very hard to get going. But mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. seeing other people sharing the improvement of their homes, uh, you also benefit from their energy. You benefit from the energy of the group yeah. to get things done. Yeah, I was just going to say that there's something about being part of a group where the energy between you all, it just it, it amplifies and sure. it makes you all just want to really dive in and be excited for each other with everything that you're working on. Sure. And it and feeds, also, you're feeding each other. Mm-hmm. So you have the, the heaven, right? The ideas, mm-hmm. the thoughts, the inspiration, and you have the emotional connection through being in a community and you have the, the actions that you need to take, but mm-hmm. we go beyond the physical actions in feng shui. We also have a piece of heaven in that we do clearings. Every mm-hmm. every week you get a clearing of your home mm. and uh, you can also request clearings for yourself. And we use affirmations and clearing mm-hmm. images that were done by a healer friend of mine mm-hmm. to help people release the limitations they have. So, for example, uh, to attract more money, we work in the foyer, mm-hmm. but your foyer may be perfect and you still mm-hmm. don't feel that abundance coming in. And it's yeah. because you are blocked towards mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. And so we use affirmations, we do clearings, and we, we really go beyond feng shui. Yeah. And I think that that's so important because I, I've worked with a lot of energy healers myself and, and I've, I can do some energy healing. I've, I've studied some of it. And yeah. it's, it's really interesting to me that how much of a difference that that makes and immediate, immediate difference. Yeah. And um, it, it's been energy work has been really, really impactful. 
to me specifically and in my life and my business and my own healing journey, all of it. And mm-hmm. it's been really incredible. So I think that that's a really, a really great thing. And, you know, and sometimes it's like, you know, we don't always realize the energy that our homes could be holding from previous occupants or from just yes. what's existing in the land before the house is even built. You yeah. can have a brand new house. It's just built on land with you know, some, some energy there that you don't want. And then that's being expressed throughout the house. You know, you have to clear the land, you Mm -hmm. have to clear the building materials and you have to clear the energy of previous occupants and Mm -hmm. your own upsets and frustrations and stress and worries Mm -hmm. that you could be charging your own home with. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're in a space where you're in an apartment, um, or an attached home, like a townhouse or something mm-hmm. like this, then you also have, you know, energy coming at you from your neighbors. <laughs> so. Definitely. And I actually do have a course on feng shui cures to deal with difficult neighbors. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be worth it alone. Yes. <laughs> That's wonderful. So Moni, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you um, for inviting me. Yeah, I think it's been so much fun and very educational. Um, so for people who are wanting to learn more about you and to check out your program, where do they need to go? Well, go to my website, which is nine steps to feng shui.com. Okay. But I also have spacearrangement.com. That's easier to remember for people who don't know how to spell feng shui. Okay. Go to spacearrangement.com that forwards to nine steps to feng shui.com. And that's my website. Okay. And uh, there's actually on the top menu, you're going to see a link that says uh, free and low cost resources. Mm -hmm. You click on that, it'll take you to my books, it'll take you to my free webinars. Awesome. And uh, my free Facebook group that you can join. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, resources there. And there's also information on how you can book a meeting with me so we can mm-hmm. discuss your particular case. That's wonderful. I love that. So you guys listening to this, please take her up on that. So many wonderful resources. And the Dream Home Lab, I, I have seen it. It is incredible. Um you don't know what you're missing and it's so worth it. So jump in there and be a part of that. We're going to put all these links for you into the show notes. So be sure to check that out and you can click and go right through directly. And um, thanks again for being here. And then uh, for anybody who is uh, interested, uh, we are going to be here at Productive Flow offering a new program Um, called Productive Flow Prosperity. And what that is, is an opportunity for you to bring your group to me. So that's something that you're interested in. You've got a sales team, you've got um, a group of business besties or accountability partners, and you want to run a group together, go check it out, ProductiveFlow.com, AngelaKristenTaylor.com, and click on services and then prosperity. All right. Until next time, we will see you then. Take care. Thanks for listening. And especially, thank you for sharing the show and leaving a review on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free and you'll also get access to special content and resources. Now, stay tuned for the next episode of Productive Flow.